Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 16 of the AFGE Local 3369 podcast. My name is Edwin Osorio, and I have my team here with me. I have Todd Grauer, and I have Nicole Morio. And we have our special guest today. She's our uh, second VP for Council 220, and she's a legislative coordinator. Her name is Sherry Jackson. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Edwin. How are you? I'm doing very well. So uh, before we get into asking you a whole bunch of questions about whether or not it makes sense to reach out to Congress or not and, uh, and uh, how it benefits us, can you tell us a little bit about what you do in, in regards to uh, your relationship with Congress? Sure. Um, some of the things that I do in relation to um, our representation amongst Congress people are um, making appointments to give them updates and appraisals of working conditions at Social Security for operations and TSC staffers. I make um, appearances, uh, so to speak, um, in support of certain um, Uh, how would you say it? <laughs> Sorry, got a little tongue-tied. Certain um, items of interest that are important to our council uh, that represent the members of the members' will of Council 220 um, keep updated and posted on things like hearings um, and other congressional events that can and will affect uh, things like funding. And again, mm -hmm. most importantly, working conditions for people, for our members uh, that pay dues so that they have effective representation outside of the agency. You know, it, it sounds like it's a really vital role that you that you perform within the union. But on the other hand, it sounds like the type of role that a lot of people really aren't aware of what's going on, like it's happening behind the scenes. You know, you always think of union as filing grievances and filing ULPs and things of that nature. But this is the kind of thing that we don't hear a lot about. Right. Um, it, it is, so what kind of benefit is there for, to the bargaining employees with, with, with everything that you do behind the scenes? The benefit, the most important benefit is that really shape the way the agency runs and shape the way the agency is funded are made aware of what is happening Oftentimes, the agency presents what is happening in the agency when it's not completely accurate because the people that are presenting the agency are not giving um, an accurate representation due to them not being the actual people who do the work like us, claims representatives, technical experts, um, service representatives and uh, teleservice center representatives. So it, in essence, we're giving Congress a real view of what's happening at the ground level and how decisions that are being made affect the ability for us to give quality service to the public and maintain a, a reasonable working condition for us as employees. So, so if, one word, if one were to reach out, to a local member of Congress, what's the best way for them to go about doing so? The best way to go about it is to uh, look and see who your local members are in so far as where you live. They prefer 
to speak to people that are constituents. So if you're a member, um, uh, an employee, you can look up uh, online uh, to see who your local members of Congress are. Congress being uh, the House of Representatives and uh, the Senate. So you can see who all of your representatives are. And from there, you can contact your local office, the local office number, and you can ask to speak to uh, the staffer uh, that speaks, uh, the staffer or the director that discusses labor and social security issues. And that way you are speaking with the people that are most pointedly uh, or most uh, directly involved with issues that affect us at the agency. Now, is this something that you would advise uh, bargaining unit employees to do? Because it sounds like a lot of the work that you do is really complex, esoteric work that you do, and you really have to have a working knowledge. Would you advise uh, bargaining unit employees who may not be as active to, to be active in regards to reaching out to members of Congress? I absolutely would recommend that uh, any employee do that because at the end of the day, we are all taxpayers and we have the right and the ability to say and speak on things that are important to us as both workers and as voters. So it's not a partisan um, request, for example, to ask for reasonable working conditions or let your member uh, let your respective members know things that are going on in your local office, because only we, we are our own best advocates. So we have to be able to express what it is we need. They can't help us. They will stay that big mystery presence in Washington, D.C. or what have you. But their home is where you live. There, it is, it, it's incumbent upon us to make the effort to speak to our representatives to say what it is we need as employees. When it comes to the union, Sari, when we do, when you do go down to DC, to what do you do when you lobby Congress? When you go down to DC, when you as a when union? we lo as we lobby Congress, we generally look at things that are going on in the agency. So for example, reasonable accommodation requests are a huge issue right now. People needing with uh, the COVID restrictions ending and things of that nature, there are a lot of people who are still immunocompromised and, or for example, um, or need um, equipment for a certain disability, drag and software, or if you have back injuries, you may need um, a special kind of chair, or you may need to request frequent breaks, uh, frequent stretch stretch breaks. But the agency, for example, has been um, giving people a very hard time about any kind of accommodation. And when COVID ended, they basically rescinded everyone's accommodations and expected everyone to come back to the office, denying it no matter what was what how easy the accommodation was or if it required some extra work on the agency's part so um they have been people have been filing grievances for like edwin said earlier people have been filing grievances locally but problem and it's a is occurring in more than one office and since your congress people represent more than one area as an employee or as a another um union officials from steward up through officer, we have the ability to say, 
this is what is happening. I want to be able to continue doing my job. This is what I need. And the agency is not working with me. And oftentimes, uh, those specific offices, that your congressional offices, will work with you, both as an employee or with your rep or with your union rep, to pressure the agency and have them do a more real and reasonable uh, pro uh, interactive process with you, so that you can get the accommodation that you need. Sometimes it takes public pressure from Congress to make the agency do the right thing. And if that's what you have, that is one avenue that you can use um, to, to get what you need as an employee so that you can stay gainfully employed and be a successful employee. Sherry, uh, I want to expand just on two of the questions because it, 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 uh, it intersects basically into one. Um, you had said before that we should reach out to our local members, bargaining unit employees, if they wanted to reach out, we should reach out to, to the members of Congress where we live. And, um, and you just spoke about what you do when you go down to D.C. to lobby Congress. So now my question would be, when someone like yourself goes down to D.C. to lobby Congress, I'm assuming you're not lobbying congressmen that live in your area where you live back home. I'm assuming you're reaching out to a plethora of congressmen. Is that is that correct? That's it. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Speaking of going down to D.C. We as. Um... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just thinking because you you mentioned going down to D.C. And I know that. Uh, Council 220 just recently went down to D.C. in July, and you were a big part of it. Can, can you uh, tell the audience what the main purpose was for going down to D.C., uh, what, what it was seeking to accomplish? Sure. Um, what we were seeking to accomplish uh, while we were in D.C. was to focus on um, getting proper budgeting for the agency so that we can avoid things like what they call uh, rifts or reductions in force, uh, potential layoffs, ro uh, rolling furloughs, where instead of you know, working five days a week, we would be getting paid for four days a week. Um, another issue that we were um, discussing was the heavy-handed discipline that um, Human Resources or Ulmer has been doing to employees for little, little to nothing, just very heavy-handed uh, things poor training, uh, employee morale that is low. We are currently 17th out of 17 agencies to work for. Um, and also to seek and request um, commitments for hearings uh, in regards to the issues that are plaguing Social Security for, that include all of those things from funding and how the budget money is spent at the agency and including working conditions for employees. Well, I certainly do hope Congress is listening because it seems like a lot of what the union is doing is really twofold. You're trying to improve conditions of employment so employees are on a position to work at their most proficient levels and their most effective levels. But at the same time, it's about delivery of service, which always benefits the public. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I, you know, I applaud the work that you do. It's wonderful work that you do. And, Absolutely. Um, and my Thank guess you. is that because I know that the the union goes down there as a whole, meaning AFG National, uh, yes. every February. And that's usually a concerted effort as well in order to bring 
uh, to the attention of Congress all the ailments within the federal agencies because it's not just Social Security. Right. Um, and you're probably planning now for what you're going to be doing in February, I imagine. That's correct, yes. Because you want to go down with a pointed message because another uh, facet that is helpful to people is you're not just going down there with no plan. You know, there's planning that takes place so that we go, we can make a professional presentation and make sure that, you know, that what we ask for, they call it the ask, is the most important ask to make sure that we are representing employees and tying it to public service. Because a lot of times, unfortunately, con the public doesn't understand. They don't care about federal employees. Employees are having agency and they can't, as the public, then tying public service. Now, my guess is that from all of your trips down to D.C., there are probably some members of Congress that you're more familiar with, or more importantly, that they're more familiar with you than others. Is, is there a difference in seeing a member of Congress who's more familiar with you as opposed to a member of Congress who doesn't know you? You faded out I'm a little sorry. bit. Hi. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Let me repeat the question. I'm sorry. Please. Um, no, that's okay. My question was that did you uh, from the multiple trips, and I imagine communications you've had here, you know, mm -hmm. while you're while you're local, I imagine that there are some members of Congress who you probably have a closer relationship as to opposed to others. Is there mm -hmm. any benefit to cultivating a relationship with a member of Congress or their office? Yes, absolutely there is. Because when things occur uh, that affect the public and the bargaining unit as a whole, because really it's a symbiotic relationship, what affects one is going to inevitably affect the other. Um, we have the ability to pick up the phone or make a uh, have a Zoom meeting or what have you, or go down there, you know, depending on the time of year, and have frank discussions with what is going on in regards to the boots on the ground. And if you don't have that, it's, it's kind of like you have to reinvent the wheel. And you can't necessarily, uh, like you said, there are some that are more familiar with us than others, but part of the job is also to bring other people to our side. There isn't, uh, we, we're not, we don't have the luxury of having people say, oh, we can't talk to this person because they seem to be, uh, for example, not for our for the things that we're looking for. Part of the job is educating them, because a lot of times when you meet with someone who's not familiar with us or as familiar with us, it's our job to educate them because they have one understanding and they don't realize everything that we do that encompasses our jobs. And once they have an understanding of that, they are more they are much more supportive and willing to hear us and stand with us when things come up. And that's happened on the on over the last several years, people that you did not expect to support us as employees, you know, they didn't understand what we were facing insofar as, you know, bad training or, you know, insane working conditions and why people were leaving and not staying or that it takes two years for most people to become journeymen in their yeah. positions. And once they learn that, they they want to see what they can do to help us with retention and see what they can do to help us with working conditions, getting 
you know, human resources in better alignment with what the president is looking for, you know, proper partnerships and, you know, meeting of the minds with the union, not just doing what they want. And it's just continuing to hemorrhage employees. So that I would say is the difference. Um, You'd have to do a little bit more legwork. Sorry. No, no, I'm just thinking about all the different tentacles involved in legislative activity that it could be mind boggling. And, and, um, it, but on the other hand, I see how necessary it is, consider, especially since as a, as, as a private sector, federal union, without having the ability to negotiate wages and things mm-hmm. of that nature, that lobbying is probably the closest that we can come to changing people's minds. And it's a value that, most employees probably aren't even aware of the fact that that's what they're getting with their membership dues, that they're getting essentially lobbying on their behalf. Correct. Yeah. Well, Sherry, you, you've brought a lot of things to light, and I think you're going to educate a lot of uh, members when they listen to this because they're going to hear another aspect of the union that they're really unfamiliar with. Um, are there any questions that perhaps I should have asked you that I have not asked? Uh, no, I thought, no, I thought you were very thorough. Um, well, if, if... you're the thorough one, so I appreciate that. <laughs> and, and I know for, for those readers, uh, readers, <laughs> for, for those <laughs> listeners, I have to let you know that Sherry's on vacation now. She's at an undisclosed location. I don't want anyone searching her, searching <laughs> her but uh, she took time out on her vacation. So I have to thank you for your generosity and time. And, oh, no problem. And for sharing a lot of what you do in regards to legislative work and um, keep up the good work. And, and thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Edwin. Thank you all for yeah. all that you do as well. We're a yeah. team. So much. Yes, we are. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And, Enjoy. Thank and you. And on behalf of Local 3369 and Council 220, we're signing out and we'll see you for episode number 17. Thank you. Thank you.